Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil, and our good mate... Bianca? That's the one. Anyway, uh, unfortunately... I forget my name. No. <laughs> it has to be a little bit of fun. Just checking. Good lord. Well, our friendship is over then. Listen here, whatever your name is. Yeah. We have an intro to do. Sorry. Continue. We do. Yeah. We got to make up for the fact that unfortunately Kent can't be here this week. He's actually cleaning up Phil's room for him as he packs away all his prized possessions. Anyway, on with the show. As to the previous topic, no, I didn't. It was <laughs> just, just too much fun to resist. Checking. You were staring at me like. I was. No, <laughs> no, was because <laughs> because I thought, okay, well, how am I going to introduce you? Because I didn't want to say guest because I think you passed the point of. Our, our I, special I guest. I'll be special guest again afterwards. After someone leaves. So we'll be here all the time. I just show up to your house and then you're like, well, you can still be here. You just have to open up your laptop and record but, it and then send me the audio and then you can be on it. Logistics. But like, yeah. like you, we've said special guests so many times that when we have people on for the first time and we say it, it's like, well, they're even spe- they're a special guest. They're, they're an, yeah. Sorry. More special guest. <laughs> anyway, the music's long gone. I think by this point. I I'm think, I think the sure music is long gone because we actually don't uh, play the music while the we do being, this. No, week. I did yeah, not forget your name. Good grief. But anyway, folks, but listening out home, those who continue on having a good old discussion. Um, the point is that today we're going to be discussing. Um, while these two are joking around, oh, we're going to be discussing uh, this film that we've all gone and seen, named Joker. It's a film by Wikian, not by. It's got Wikian. It's by. It's got Todd Phillips. By Todd Phillips. It's got Joaquin Phoenix. You Joaquin? mean Leaf Phoenix? Leaf Phoenix. River. Phoenix's no. brother. Brother. Yes. Why'd you have to bring it down, poor River? Because he washed away, or oh come on! Not just that though, but the Sleeping film is the down fishes? anyway. Yeah. True. Anyway, we're going to be discussing the film Joker. Couple things about it. Quick review. Well, a quick summary. Quick review. Our thoughts. Our ratings. Um, Bianca, so you can think about it. A ten for personal. A ten for technical. Sorry. I mean, out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. For each. Um, yeah. And then also a little bit of the the social impact this film is. Currently having the controversies and the, lack of and the social wind. impact it should be having, having or yeah. or a lack of or lack thereof or uh, is it being perceived in the wrong way and are people focusing on the wrong thing? This, that's funny. This is almost a part three of our continuing series of political correctness. Fuck you. <laughs> because we had it the first week. We were talking about the Last of Us. Last week we spoke about the fact that there's the whole flight shaming thing, mm. etc. And Climate change as a whole, as much as I agree with climate change, the fact that it exists and there is definitely man-made contribu- contributions to it, it is also calling a stig- uh, causing a stigma and there are other stigmas around it like veganism, etc. Yep. This week we're talking about the Joker film and the fact that uh, this film, which is in some ways controversial purely because it has a main character which happens to have a mental illness. Mm. And the stigma around that and women. Yeah, that that, and then also the, just just the way um, the film is settling in, and how people are viewing it as, in some ways toxic, some ways mean, some ways hurtful, some ways a good example, and some ways an awful example. All of which is irrelevant because it is literally a film. Anyway, uh, Drew. Yes. 
quick summa- summation summary of the film Joker. So Joker attempts to tell an origin story about the clown prince of crime potential. himself. Potential origin story. Potential. Yeah, I like potential. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Potential. <laughs> it's like using the word alleged. You have to use it even even if you forget that you have to use it. Everything has to be alleged. Everything is technically alleged until proven so. See, this is <laughs> this is precisely why I initially hated the idea of them even doing this because potential though yeah yeah potential i i like that there is that scapegoat because i don't think it works without it i literally think that it it, it uh, uh, can okay. you summar- summarize it first and then yes, we talk okay. about that theory okay uh mentally disturbed man decides to use his mental disturbance to create a revolution for himself and the people in his socioeconomic class not even no. though. I would I would disagree with you and say someone unintentionally does so. Yes, I would say someone with a mental illness um, finally snaps. Finally snaps because of the pressure that society is putting on him and how it is his fault. Um, finally snaps. Uh, consequentially, it has a an effect and causes a mass revolution. Yeah, not his it intention. Doesn't. In the town of Gotham, um, which is very much New York City, including the fact that at many points it says New York City on certain things. Did anyway, it? Yes, yeah, like at the subway. Um, oh but anyway, it, 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 you know, it, it, yeah. It's a great film, though, I think we all agree. I think just stop yes. with that. So yes. we've now given you our summary thoughts, because I think we have to jump to that. We all think it is a great film. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Bianca? Definitely I, yes. I think it's a good film. I think it's a great film. I think it's a good comic book film. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't agree with that online, but I actually think it is. And I think it, I think that it tells the story it needs to tell whilst not telling any story at all. Exactly. <laughs> if that okay. makes sense. Okay, so I've used in the past um, a film like Black Panther as a film that is entirely pointless because it undoes all the work it do- it did throughout the film, and the only thing it needed to do was introduce us to Wakanda, and it did that. However, we already knew about Wakanda because we've seen it in the film before. It was Captain America: Civil War. That wasn't the film yep, before. Civil War. We've seen yeah, it beforehand. So the film was pointless. This film, spoilers. Um, should we do spoilers, Drew? Yes. Okay, spoilers. So if you don't want to know about the film or you don't care so much, that's fine. Um, I think that this film, um, when I say it, it's not pointless compared to something like Black Panther, I mean that because... So the end of the film is where we all know Joker to be or kind of end up. In which Arkham is Asylum. Arkham Asylum. We know that happens... Or it's Arkham a, State Prison. It's a spoiler, but it's also not a spoiler because it's kind of law. It's canon. It's what yeah, happens. Yeah, everyone knows... Joker always ends up in the asylum so for anyway, one reason or another. So he's there. However, there's certain things about him being there which make you question whether anything that we've just seen Happens has actually not. happened or not. Now, having said that, the whole thing and joke or ongoing joke with the Joker is that we don't know what his origin story is because he always 
gives everyone a different story. But that was in the comic book series and that was sort of canonized in Dark Knight trilogy. Where he tells the a story one. and then it's like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he constantly changes the story in the second yeah. Dark Knight movie. Um, but in the comic books itself, no one knows who Joker is. Not even Batman knows who he is. Yep. He may know now, but that's only in the recent last year. But, but the ending in this film technically <laughs> works because it, and again, it doesn't make it pointless like, say, a Black Panther film because this very much goes with the story of... It's a part of the canon. Yes. Why am I so certain then that I have seen some form of origin where he, where before he was the Joker, he worked for the Falcones Because or that's what happens in Killing Joke. That, there we are. So in Killing Joke... Uh, which they made into the world's worst movie. Yeah, let's forget about the movie, but the, but like the actual comic. The actual I, I comic read, book. I read it years before that. Right? Uh, is it Frank Miller? I, I thought it was, Miller. yeah. Frank Miller wrote the story, The Origin of Joker, in which he had a wife and a kid. He needed to... He was in comedy to make ends meet. Comedy wasn't working out for him. Turns to working for the Falcone family. Uh, ends up being in Ace Chemicals, stealing something for the Falcone family when Batman's in there. Batman knocks him into Ace Chemicals. That's how he becomes the Joker. Yep. Um, there is that origin story and it is kind of considered canon, but it also isn't because Joker later comes out and says, that was bullshit. Um, and Batman can't prove it. But it's kind of an idea, it goes along with the idea that Joker could be anyone. Then there's also the Tim Burton film's origin for it as well with Jack Nicholson. So the, the, the ongoing theory, the ongoing thing that happens all the same in most in majority of Joker lore is that he falls into Ace Chemicals. Yep. Um, that's what finally turns him mad and that's how he turns Harley. Yep. In some canon again, but not in all canon. Um, but, yeah, again, in the latest Batman comics, I mean, they've put it on hold since Tom King took over. Um, Joker ends up... There ends up being three of him, which is why no one can pin down his origin story. There's apparently always been three Jokers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, that but that but that's the thing. The whole canon has always been... You don't know who Joker is, and that's why it's even more scary. And I think that's this why I enjoyed the film. Because it's still... Con- oh, despite the fact that the film itself was interesting and, you know, in some ways thought-provoking, not in the same way that everyone else is kind of viewing it, it's thought-provoking because it was a, a fucking good film, like dark, gritty film, and it was interesting in that sense. But it still remains, in some ways, canon because... We don't know if it really happened at all. And giant spoiler, it's purely because at the end, when he's in Arkham Asylum, it kind of looks like he was thinking about all of those events that just happened. So he was thinking about the mm. whole movie. A song was playing that was played throughout the film. The, uh, um, what's that? What's the thing that Robert De Niro's character always says? I don't know, but he's... The, one of the Robert, Robert De Niro's character's tagline is also the lyrics to the song. The song was playing. Yeah. Um, he yeah, is talking to um, the same social worker that he was talking to at the front. However, that she's a lot cleaner cut and still yeah. working. She looks a lot in the industry, even though it got together. You know, the, the social worker is now the psyche valve. Yeah, the, the the things that she say, the way she says things, are a lot less kind of casual and um, uh, not appropriate for a social worker to be saying compared to what she was saying. Yeah, in the early part of the film. Yeah. Um, the fact that she says what's funny while 
while uh, the Joker's sitting there laughing. And he says, oh, no, I was just thinking of a joke. And Lynn looks up. It kind of looks up and, and thinks about things. As if to say the whole thing that we're thinking of, the, the whole, whole story, is a was joke. a thought mm. or a joke. That's the funny thing about it to him. And it works. We have no idea. And, and, it, and it supports that scene in the in when they're on the talk show. Maury's, is it Maury? I can't remember his name now. Anyway, his talk show when they were like, they were sitting there and he goes, just because you don't think it's funny doesn't mean it's not a joke. Mm. Yeah, which is also, again, very, very <clears throat> accurate for this day and age and this climate. Things that are funny. Some people don't think they're funny, but things are funny. Um, but the one thing that I did, I actually didn't like parts of that scene because I'd read the Todd Phillips interview beforehand where he, that part of the scene just felt like Todd Phillips speaking to the world being like... I didn't have an issue I with I felt that like thing. the whole movie was Todd yeah, Phillips I, I didn't have, uttering like, that phrase, Yeah, but though. that was just too much. Uh, no, but you know... Like, you know, that was just too on the nose for me. I was just like, ugh. No, 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 no. I, I think it works because of that's exactly where he was at. And, and again, it's not, it goes down to... You're, you're absolutely right, Drew, in that... So, the Joker has one of the... Has a condition where he laughs uncontrollably, not mm. because he thinks it's funny. He just laughs at inappropriate times. He's got a little card that he gives out, and it... And you can see it's not a normal life. As, as a result of head trauma. Yeah. It's, I loved it's not, how warm the card was. Yeah, he needed to use that a lot. Yeah. But but it so it's not something it's not a laugh like he's just sitting there having a casual giggle. He's laughing and you can see on his face he doesn't want to be laughing and yeah, he's, he's in pain. And he's trying to cover his mouth and he's like hurting that he's trying to stop himself from laughing. Mm. But he's laughing uncontrollably here. He has an issue here. But what I like, Drew, yes. is in some ways him laughing when he's not supposed to laugh is like Todd Phillips being like, we're not supposed to laugh at this, but it's funny kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. And again, that's why I think that the, the whole, not monologue, well, it's somewhat of a monologue that he gives, his spiel that he gives when he's on the talk show is allowed because the whole film, as Drew said, is representative of the fact that this poor guy is just trying to do a job and people are not letting him because they didn't agree with him or whatever. I'm talking about both the Joker and Todd Phillips here. Yeah. The film, though. Let's talk about the film from a review kind of point or, or way. Ooh. Drew. Okay. The Joker, originally written, potentially not really as a Joker film, not strictly. More but... just as potentially a clown yeah. that has issues, that's trying to make it in a world which doesn't agree with him. Fits quite well as a Joker origin story-ish. Potential origin story again. Here we go. We have the Joker. We have Joaquin Phoenix playing a very, very gaunt, frail, thin-looking... What's his name? Just... Arthur... Uh, Fleck. 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 Um, you know... <laughs> I think since we saw um, Heath Ledger play the Joker, we've kind of seen this new version of the Joker where he's not so suave and perfect and pristine and, like, very slick. It becomes more gritty. You know, it's a more gritty sort of dirty, messy, kind of failure sort of disheveled look, which I think is so much more appropriate. Um, feels more comfortable and almost feels more freaky. It but goes it's still thing flamboyant. Of, Still flamboyant. And, I enjoyed and, and, the flamboyancy, especially the dancing. Yeah, and, and look, as a, that and as was a, very cool. And as a clown, clowns are freaky. Whether they look pristine or not, they're, they're creepy. So I think it works as well. We've seen with it. We have. Um, so I think I think that the the clown look or the 
disheveled clown look, I think is a really terrifying look. Um, and I, th- I th- yes, I think he, I think what we saw was a really good tightrope act because I think he could be the clean cut Joker that we know. But he that, was at the end. And if you yeah, think exactly, about it on exactly. The, show. the second that curtain opens up, yeah, he he just became everything that I recalled from reading comics as a kid. It was just there. It was very Mark Hamill. Joker Thank you, Batman. Yes. Now that I'm thinking about it like Thank that, I'm like, you. yeah, that was very Mark Hamill. Yes. Do you guys mean in the sense that he was very um, chauvinistic and very like playful and like hyping up and very being very cool? He had an elegance suave. to him. Elegance. That, yes, that was he did. Just, and he played the crowd. He did. If as the crowd Didn't was reacting, just. he was. Yeah playing with it and it was brilliant i have to give it to he had complete control of that scene in in the same way heath ledger had complete control over his surroundings but in a vastly different way ledger's joker fits the nolan world perfectly not just that ledger's joker fits bat when joker fights batman yeah when joker's playing batman and doing elaborate things that was what more what happened in this movie with that in that scene on the talk show Mm. that was very when joker is like making plots and has taken over the tv and he's dancing because he wants batman to watch him dance but when joker actually fights batman because he does a lot like hand to hand yeah that was heath ledger oh yeah i that yeah but again very very i agree it had that animated series hamill version in there and it took it. What I love is that it had to take you through an hour and a half of the nitty gritty, the psychological mess, and the the chaos in there to bring him up to this level. But I do like it as an idea that this was what was known, even if it isn't his proper origin story, that this was what how the Joker sees himself. Because mm. even if even if none of this happened, even if this all happened in his head while he's sitting in the asylum. Because at the beginning of the movie, you see that he was in the asylum, but it's only a brief flash. So this yep. could all have happened while he was in the asylum. He sees himself yep. as the reluctant <laughs> anti-hero. That he gets lifted up at the end like that. And-, and, and that's what he says throughout all the comics, where he's the agent of chaos and you mm. need chaos. You need to have that fear because if you don't, how are you going to have the heroes? Okay, so that's the general, general kind that you know, that... Chat kind of involves spoilers in this, in the sense of the overall story. Really specific, and it's a really specific spoiler to the story that we've seen. The fact that the mum starts hinting earlier on um, about her working for the wings, um, the, mm. the yeah, yeah, the wings, yes. um, and then there's the the potential that he is, you know, the Thomas son Wayne's. of Thomas Wayne, and then we get to. The idea that we we see the Waynes leaving um, the theatre. Are we disappointed that... I know that I was in some ways or somewhat disappointed. I wonder if you were, Drew, and and you, Bianca, with why he wasn't the one to pull the trigger on the, the, the Waynes. I think they did that. And this is just me. Because it got very close to them, uh, you know... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Crossing over or linking together. I, I have a feeling that Todd close. Phillips probably wanted that to happen. Yeah. Todd, I, I have this feeling Todd Phillips probably wanted Joker to be the one to pull the trigger. We've seen that happen already, though, in 1989 Batman. 
But would that? But would it have been allowed to happen? I mean, in the I, sense I that, do you think that it would have fit? Do you think that this would have fit? fit the this one, personally yeah, angry. This yeah, he's yeah, personally have. angry. But so I think it would have been changed ch- Batman's story because it wasn't just Falcone hiring someone to kill his dad. It was yeah. this guy who was mentally unstable and thought he was Thomas Wayne's son. But do you think that also it would have been accepted? Um, from a review point of view, do you think that it, no. the fact that it may has potentially more has been done before does this fit? I think does I, it work? I think Could having having the death of the Waynes in there in itself was a dangerous move that didn't necessarily need to be there. And did it? But did it work? Didn't yeah, need to be there. But it did works. It, work? it works. But by the by the skin of its teeth, like it just it did not need to be there. The one thing that confused me was someone. The, the theatre they used and the, uh, like, signs that they used were all the same ones that they used in Ben Affleck's Batman. So when you go to the flashbacks of when Ben Affleck watched his parents die, yeah, yeah. they used the same theatre, they used the same uh, movie. I mean, it's always the same movie. It's always yeah. Zora of some sort. Yeah. <clears throat> but then they didn't have John uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. And they didn't put him in it, which was oh, it was a bit confusing to me because up until that point it was kind of linked, and then it just had different actors. But then again, I think it's because they're doing Elseworlds. Um, okay, then another another question for you about 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 the potential crossover or anything like that. Um, the relationship with the mother, um, we know that he eventually, again, spoiler, kills his mother. I mean, it was kind of always coming though. I think we were very frustrated by the mm. mother and her kind of insecurities and issues anyway. Um, Do you think that had the Waynes not been involved, we could have gotten to that same point? Or do you think it was a a, a useful link to get us to that point or get him to that point of of being finished with his mother? I think it gave him a a little more clarity and it made it less... Like, he could have been mad at his mum for for not telling him anything, but then how... What other device do you use for him to unravel the truth? He has to be able to hear it from someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that you use what you use what's already in the sandbox. Yep. And the Waynes, it makes sense that he is somehow inextricably linked to the Waynes. Yeah. I guess even, it makes it more even, relevant when even, Batman becomes along, then it starts to become like, well, there's potentially some but it plays, history because your father was a... But it plays into that mythic comic book... Mm-hmm. Um, staple of destiny and also the villains create the heroes and the heroes create the villains exactly and and i guess it also does then create just some fogginess in there to create some sort of some like a storm cloud it creates some sort of storm cloud it it needs to be able to follow a form of trope there do do you also think that the other i guess another um strong female character in the film was the neighbor um how much of it was she though she was imagined no, no, yeah, to be no, the strong female character. No, I, yeah, exactly. And that, that's my point, which makes it even more powerful was the fact that how much of that, I mean, again, the whole thing could potentially be made up anyway, but on what level, uh, where was he at with the neighbour? How much was real? What was real? What wasn't real? And then also, what happened when we didn't see her again? I, I want to know your thoughts on what, okay. both of your thoughts he on stalk- what we He stalked her. Yep. And then everything after that is imagined. Yep. Yeah. And I, then the final meeting? I think he killed her. And I the think daughter. So too. 
I think so, and too. And possibly raped her as well. I think so, too. Because he had... I mean, in the comics, at least, he's done that. Yeah. But I think sense. so, too. I, yeah. think, I think that's... Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, at this point, I think... I think... I think we should stop, maybe... You can correct me if I'm wrong. We can continue on if you want to. But maybe move more... Into the technical side of things. Into the technical side, and then from there, more towards the the uh, not backlash but the, the social view yep. of this film but let's uh-huh. get to the, let's get yeah because I think that that's a whole nother topic in itself oh, yeah. still involves some spoilers but well, also it's it's an interesting one to dissect because it's having such an impact at the moment you're seeing things on Twitter you're seeing things on Tumblr you're think, seeing things on Facebook yeah. in the news um, Drew technical I'm, about the film I've okay I, I've asked you this before but for the sake of this podcast have either of you seen the movie Taxi Driver? No. No. So, Martin Scorsese film, yep. Robert De Niro, everyone's fairly familiar with it. He's a taxi driver that in mm-hmm. New York that starts going psychotic over yep. a period of time. Yep. Um, Is that you talking to me? Is that that scene? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I've seen yeah. that scene. Yeah, De Niro in the scene. mirror. Yeah. Are you talking? Yeah. It's also got um, Jodie Foster in it as a kid. Mm-hmm. She's one of the main characters. Um, this movie was very, very, very similar to Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Like about eighty percent of the beats of the film were almost identical. And is that does it get a is that allowed, or you, do you think it was maybe potentially lazy in some ways? I didn't find it lazy. I think it, it got away with it quite comfortably mm-hmm. because no one's really taken a good stab at making cinema quite like that since it came out the only person that makes movies even remotely similar is martin scorsese who made taxi driver to begin with yeah and that's because that is just his wheelhouse that is what he does Mm -hmm. and i found a lot of traces of scorsese in there whether it was coming out of um taxi driver or the departed i found a lot of similarities in there i I think i would agree with that and do you think this film was was um Again, I use the word grit a lot because I really found this to be a gritty mm. film, and I haven't seen a more gritty sort of film. It was since very probably gritty. something like The Departed. Yeah, where everything feels unclean because it is. Do you think this film did a really good job of kind of nailing that, or do you think I, it was? I think it did. I think the moment on the train, yep. with the three guys, that felt like The Departed, and yep. certainly uh, when the guys came around to his apartment, that mm-hmm. very very reminiscent, and the final. Like that ending in the hospital in, at the end of the movie reminded me forcibly of Shutter Island, which I. It reminded oh, me of something. Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, you know, you know it actually reminded me of um, the, the the famous dancing scene in Clockwork Orange in some ways as well. Yep, that that yeah. that, that last part, but just the happy happy insanity. But there has been comparison of the Joker to Clockwork Orange for years and years and years, and Heath Ledger was always mm-hmm. um, quite open about the fact that. Mm-hmm. He had drawn some inspiration from Clockwork Orange for well, his performance. There is one scene in one of the comics, I can't remember which, they kind of rip a little bit from Clockwork Orange, and I can't remember what it is. I'll find it. It's, it's there. There's one comic that kind of alludes yeah. to clock, Clockwork Orange. I'm not surprised. It, it's that same... <clears throat> I think it happens a few times, actually. It's that same concept of chaos. Yeah, um, and Joker is a thing for chaos. That's what he represents. An agent of chaos. Which and- is what... Later will annoy me more. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to score and soundtrack. Good use, 
challenging use probably could have been stronger, could have been weaker. I liked the strings. I, I actually quite liked the score. And you know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Split in some ways. I love yeah. that kind of reversal. Yeah, actually, yeah. The reversal of, of, of um, strings. I mm. find that to be so creepy sounding. And I think that it, they used it at certain points. And I, I think that was also really loved yeah. how the music and the TV shows and everything that was happening alludes to it being in the past. Yep. But also keeps the timeline afloat. You yeah. don't really mm. know, is it the 80s, is it the 90s, is it the 70s? You don't mm. you know exactly sure. where it is. Yeah. But then there's certain stuff that happens that you're like, oh, my God, it actually might be even further back. But then you look at their fashion, you're like, maybe it's modern day. Yeah. I like that floating timeline. They did that in Gotham too. I felt it's like it not, sat it somewhere nice. between the 60s and the 80s. Because we see. Yeah, but the, the, we see... What, the woman's, what one of the women wear was very, like, early 2000s. Like, yeah. Like some of the outfits also vehicle wise it was um yeah same sort of time as well could have been 80s or 90s mm. as well i i also like the fact that uh, at their home their apartment they had a black and white tv yep but we know for a fact that color tvs were out there and were quite prominent it's just that they didn't have one back to like weirdly technical things it's not technical it's more of like the the relationships and how they reflected things did anyone else notice that the joker like that um, Arthur and his mum only had one bed in the apartment. Yep. Yeah, that's where we sleep on the sofa. Yeah. That was creepy. There was stuff on the sofa. I, it was a small apartment, <coughs> struggling to live. Yeah. I, I have to say, I, um, going back to the train scene and the subsequent train station scene, what I loved most about that was the lack of score or music or just how quiet it was in conjunction with the real, like that, that really kind of, and you'll know it being, being on, on a New York subway train. Yeah. The trains are loud and like clangy, and they make lots of really like kind of Even industrial when you sounds. Even headphones on, you can hear. You the hear, train. you hear the train like clacking or click clacking over the track. You hear the carriages like squeaking and creaking and twisting, and the metal kind of making silly sounds and like weird sounds and kind of really rough, raw sounds. The conversation being lost to the sound of the train. God, I Just the York. uncomfortableness of that train <laughs> carriage. Yes, yeah, so do I. Um, and then also on the, the train platform, there's a gun there that gets fired and the loudness of the gun was, it was loud. Like yeah. in the cinema room, that was mm. really loud. Um, and again, you often see films kind of uh, uh, dramatize or, or put a Hollywood spin on the sound of a gun. Whereas here it was really kind of raw explosion, like bang sound. And I really that was that. the and whole the movie echo. though. Like... Yeah, that's why I thought that the grit was there because yeah. it just felt so raw and real and like I mean. think there's a whole bunch of movies that I've seen lately that have really upped the sound design. Yeah. Like the it, it sound yeah. design is becoming more and more of a thing, which I'm really happy for. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Prime example. Again, the sound of the boiling water, right? That's such the a kettle. simple thing. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I think that... Um, to link it to, to other comic books and, or other comic book films, um, I'm really liking this new wave run of more adult, more, again, raw, more um, looking past the kind of theatrics of it and just how fucked up some of these stories and characters can yeah. be. Looking at, say, for example, the Logan film, um, in some ways, that's a that's a, a Last of Us film. I think I think it's as yeah. close as we can get to the Last of Us. We're seeing a character we've loved for a long time in um, Wolverine now in a film where he is an oh. aging old guy that's just kind of roughing it, and it's really raw and gritty. 
and then comparing that to something like Deadpool, which is kind of the, the, the it's the jump between the two. It's the bridge. It's the reaching out for something a little bit more rough. And then I think Logan is that step away from, you know, yeah. having the connection to something playful. And then we get this film, which is completely different, different group, completely different guys, no link. But again, it's that really rough sort of, this ain't no, you know, childhood comic book thing. This is this is an adult film. But I think that's coming out to what DC itself. I mean, that's, I know that Logan is, DC is in Marvel. A nutshell. Well, that's what DC do, but DC do a really bad job of doing it because they try to be no, playful no, no. by being rough. DC are doing right now, if you look at how they're remanaging their whole situation. Yeah. Because they were, look, admittedly, DC was failing, especially in the film industry for ages. That's mm. because they're owned by... Warner Brothers, and I'm not going to say all my theories about Warner Brothers because that's going to take forever. Um, but right. they no, have, they're currently doing a, yeah, they're currently doing a thing where they've got all the kids' comics. Yes. They're releasing like Batman, Wonder Woman, all of that, but for kids. They've got the teenage YA books that are coming out yep. that are actually just the comic books written form, like yep. stories written by YA authors. Then they've got the black label that is the what came out and was the controversial Batawang, which Bruce Wayne's dick was on show. Um, but black label, this would be this and the new Harley movie are going to follow fall under the black label. Sure. So that's for adults. Um, sure. And then they've just got their normal comics, which should be able to get enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. So they're they're trying to branch out so they have all of these more diverse age streams. Yeah, but DC have always functioned a little differently, and so their films have functioned differently as well. I, it'll be a whole other episode because I really want to have this discussion eventually. But I want to talk about the fact that Watchmen exists as a, as a book and as a film, and that that film was ahead of its time because Watchmen did quite a few of the things that we saw in Joker and yep. in Logan and what I'm assuming we're going to see in the Harley Quinn film, yep. where it just it got doing things. A certain way and being adult because it is adult but with the boys not- the amazon show the boys coming out as well yeah do yeah the anti-hero thing do you yeah. think that's mean, means that more people want more adult comic books yes i think they do yeah i, I think they absolutely uh, do I, and, and look look you know, I, I it, my a, a gentle theory on this is the lack of existence of solid action films anymore the solid Oh, they, do, they don't exist. Exactly. And and the fact that we kind of have to get the action stuff Why from... do you think everyone's been flocking to John Wick? Oh, yeah, It's the exactly. last exactly. little vestibule of hope to, for the to genre. To be honest, I don't think they're very strong. They're, they're really weak storylines. They are. It's completely ridiculous. But because they're action films, it's nice to have that. And again, they don't really exist anymore. They mainly exist in, again, looking at what the comic book world's done, for the most part, Marvel films, because there's three of them a year, yeah. or two of them a year, you know. So we're getting our action fix from rather playful kind of, in some ways, PG hmm. themes and things, whereas now we're getting the more... We're getting the same thing. We're getting the connection, again, because we're all adapting. Um, we're getting the link to the comic book world that we want, but we're getting the rawness that we miss from action films. So I think that's why they're, they're having a place. So, question. Yes. Mental illness. Yes. Yes. In the film is the biggest part. We've been talking about all the technical stuff. We've been talking yes. about the music. Yes. Yeah. How we feel, how the acting's been. But the whole plot line is about mental illness. Yep. And I have 
a lot to say about that. Well, get get going. Oh, like I just I I think it is a great film to show what, how mental illness can go wrong mm-hmm. when yeah. there's no support systems. Yeah. But I don't think, and this is where the controversy comes in. I don't think it's a good film for mental illness. <laughs> What I do don't mean, think it's a good film. But what do you mean by that? What, so, what about it? Is it is it the film itself or is it the people around it? I think it's the way that people are watching the film. Yeah. So I live in a comic book Twitterverse. Yep. Um, which covers pretty much any comic book from Marvel to DC. To, I've got some old image comics, but... Dark Horse. Dark Horse, yeah. Anything that they sell on Comixology. I'm... You know, I hang out with a lot of people online who are very more like me and I'm starting to think, why am I friends with some of these people? Because mm-hmm. they're saying some things that I'm just like, what? What's going on? Like someone was trying to use the Joker. Uh, that he, So th- there's a scene in the movie, again, this is all spoilers. There's a scene in the movie where Joker writes something along the lines of, the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave like you don't have a mental illness. Yep. Yes, that is true. It is a great little thing. But there are people who are using it to justify their actions in the real world. Now. Bad thing because it's the Joker. Yes. Now, I- exactly. So on that, that's that's where we had this conversation about this before we even saw the movie. And my point was it's all about context. And unfortunately, in this day and age, people refer to context a lot less. That is not the fault of the film. It's not the fault of any quote. It is the fault of the audience, not the film. And it is... For absorbing the wrong message. Exactly. And it cannot be used. It cannot ever be the film. It cannot ever be the quote's fault. Always the audience's fault. This is the same argument as the video games cause gun violence. It is not ever the material's fault. It is the audience for not appropriating the context. And unless Mm. you fix that issue, it will always it will always be the audience's fault. And 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 because because if you start making source material, quotes, films, games anything, books, whatever, don't care. Having to keep in mind the fact that the audience doesn't have the responsibility to look at the context uh, context, or, or, or just be um, adult or um, mature or um, have any form of motivation to do the right thing and think properly then we're stuffed. We're going to end up with everything being completely bubble-wrapped, completely artificial, completely no genuine moral to the story. We're already living in bubble-wrap culture. But exactly, and that's the, that's the issue. That's why is this that is part three. Exactly, because <laughs> it's not the fault of the source. It's the fault of the audience. The fact that someone, Bianca, used that, someone with a il- mental illness, probably, you know, I don't know, depression, anxiety, Something like that. Something that well, there. Something that might make it difficult for them in a social setting to mm. kind of just think straight, which I pity them for because that is awful. But if you think that you should use the Joker as a good quote, 
you're an idiot. You're flat out an idiot because and the Joker is not referring to something like that. And I think that's the problem. The Joker, the way that a lot of people are looking at him are the mm-hmm. same way the people of Gotham looked at him in the movie, which is really stupid, as the hero. Because, yeah. yes, he killed three douches, but he didn't do it. Some Someone was saying he did it to save the girl. No, the girl left. Yeah, the girl got away. He didn't help the girl. He watched them annoy her. And his issues started playing up and he started laughing, which he didn't mean to. He's got a he's got a health problem, which causes the laughter. The girl walked anyone. away. The guy started beating him up and he shot them. And it's the same thing that I have the argument against of people who have guns and they're like, oh, well, I have the right to defend myself. Yeah, no. No, if someone's beating you up, you have the right to defend yourself. Yeah, to take but someone's they don't life. Have guns. Is, no, I, I, you have the right to defend yourself in the sense that you can stop the attack, but it doesn't mean kill them. And he, it, the 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 thing that I did enjoy was that he didn't shoot them once. Like it wasn't like just a bang, bang, bang. You're all dead. Mm. He shot that guy on the stairs multiple times. Mm. It wasn't an it was act out of, of anger. defense. No, it was, out, out, it was out of spite and anger. And people are trying to see him as the hero for that. Yeah. No. Yes, he did it to defend himself, and yes, he did it because mm. he was in a vulnerable position. Yeah. But he did it because he was taking out his frustrations on these three guys who were beating him up again within forty-eight hours. And actually, a fantastic little kind of, um, uh, I guess, moral to the story here is that the reason why he was viewed as a hero in the end is not the reason he shot them. It's the fact that people don't look at the context and get swayed by the idea. True. Because they, the whole of Gotham loved the idea and got up with it because he shot rich people that had the wealth. They were like, yeah, let's just, let's just bring down the rich people. No, he shot them because they were beating him up. It's not the same thing. You're looking at it wrong. You're not looking at the context. If you're to use the Joker as context for... And justification. And justification for why you're an arsehole if you've got a mental illness. If you've got a mental illness, I'm sorry that, that, that you have that. I want you to get better. I want you to be okay. I want you to be okay. But you cannot use it as a justification to be an arsehole or be a murderer. Because then you can look at the school shooters in America and go, that's okay. That's using them Actually, as justification. Actually, that's a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. The Joker, school shooters the Joker are is, The Joker is, if you want to have a, a perfect context for the Joker as a spokesperson, that is, the Joker is a great spokesperson for school shooters. That's what you're saying. That's what the, the connection is. He's not a good spokesperson. But that's the point. He's not a good role model. He's a psychopath. I think the closest thing I've seen to what happened in the Joker in real life is I watched a documentary about the Columbine shooters. Yep. Who were bullied, both had mental illnesses, Mm. both made this weird suicide pact that they were going to kill everyone, and they did. And that's what the Joker did. he, He isn't the good guy, and I think... I think we watch so many movies mm-hmm. and films like Hunger Games where it's a minority people who are being uh, oppressed. oppressed and they 
go up against the bit they go up against the the man the man yep and that's what people are expecting they're seeing in this movie but they're not they are seeing a mentally ill person who f- justifies his actions by being mentally ill you can't do that in the real world i think they're misconstruing like they're, they're looking at him as the anti-hero but he's not even an anti-hero he's literally you're watching the bad guy you're, yeah, you're you watching are, the you bad are watching guy the bad guy. the bad guy. Yeah, it was the same with um, Brightburn. Yeah, at no point you was are he watching good. the bad guy become the bad guy. He wasn't a good kid. It doesn't. Not every not every piece of entertainment is there to show you a good strong role model or the an after school special. It's it's there to show you an example of something that's happening or that could happen. It's. At the end of the day, it's meant to be entertainment and it's meant to just be something for you to pull apart and dissect and mm-hmm. to enjoy or not enjoy as the case may be. Yep. It's not there for you to take as gospel and it's certainly not there for you to take the actions of every character and employ them to your own life. Yep. I, again, a really good, good uh, again, off of what Drew just said, an example would be Look at the Joker and pretend like there is no context whatsoever. And I mean that as in, pretend like Todd Phillips isn't doing this to kind of show the um, the fact that he can't make comedies um, like he used to anymore because people now get offended by things. Pretend like the Joker isn't a link to Batman. Pretend that the Joker doesn't have anything that is a real mental illness. As in, let's say they made every single piece of this film up just because they were like sitting there on the floor and went, you know what? What can happen next? And someone went, um, make up that the make up that the neighbor is a real person, um, but really they're not. Okay, let's write that. Let's just go with that. Okay, let's. How do we end that? Well, make make it three pages down the script that the neighbor turns out that he never spoke to her. Pretend that's the case, and now go and have a go at it. You look like an idiot. His you're, actions are not. You're complaining about something that is entirely a work of fiction. Entirely. You know that thing that the films always say at the end that, you know, even if there's similarities to a real person mm. or characters or names, it's all bullshit. It's made up. It's not yeah. real. This film isn't real. If you're getting offended by this film, if you're viewing it as <coughs> if you're viewing it as detrimental to someone with mental illness, if you're viewing it as a good spokesperson for someone with mental illness, you're wrong because you are. That's not this the not point of that. This is not a good mental that. illness film. No, this isn't about showing a good person. Drew told us it's about showing the bad guy and it's what we see. And if you get anything other than that from it, you're looking at it wrong. And yes, he is charismatic and he is, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix plays him really well and he's, He's not likable, but you like his character. Like, you like... Because he's a well-played character. Because he's a well-played character. You don't like what he's doing. You Mm. shouldn't like what he's doing. You shouldn't like him. Yeah, you're you're deciphering the technical aspects of it. You're not... Yeah. You're not there to appreciate his actions. You're there to appreciate... The acting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Joffrey. Joffrey Baratheon. Fantastic example. We hate the character. You all hate the character. But how sad were you when he died? Like... No, but, he wasn't but, there. He was a great death, but he wasn't there. He's, he's horrific. Yeah. But can you imagine it without him? How much do you love the fact that he's in there so that you can hate him? Yeah, you Again, want someone you can hate in there. Picture this: 
Joffrey. Imagine if you liked him because of the fact that he was played really well. Because the guy that... I can't remember the kid that plays him. He's lovely. Doesn't act and anymore. And Batman Begins. Doesn't act anymore because he doesn't care about acting. <laughs> didn't know the script because he didn't read the script for everyone else. He played the character on its own because he was like, okay, you want me to play that character? Sure, I'll play the character. Yeah. That's... It. He Jack Gleason. Yeah, Jack Gleason. Yeah, he has no idea. Too. He has no idea what you're talking about when you reference things about the show. He doesn't know. He didn't watch the show. He doesn't care about the show. Huh. Imagine being as in love with Joffrey Baratheon as everyone is with the idea of Joker being the Joker. Killer. I think like, you're wrong. It's just a good portrayal doesn't mean he's a good but person. Very quickly to what I said, yes, uh, Jack Gleason owns a puppet theatre in... London, I think it is. That's fantastic. It's kind of like, but it's adult puppets. That's fantastic. It's like Avenue Q, but they do different plays. But I, I agree with your point. Like, mm. Good playing doesn't it's, mean that it's a good person. Yeah, exactly. I, Which is why I can't like Harley Quinn either. But I, That's but, another but, thing. But, but, the, but the problem is also due to the fact that the character of the Joker has been romanticised for decades. But it's yeah. always romanticised by people who shouldn't romanticise it. Yeah. I have to say, like, the one thing I, I, I don't enjoy about Joker is the amount of people who love him, not because he's a bad character. And I love Joker because he's a evil guy and I love the chaos he brings mm. into the comics. But people who love him because they think he's cool. He's not cool. Like, being that much of a douche isn't cool. You're not cool. He's just interesting. Cool's not the right word. Like, but, there, but there are I, people I who just love him. Yeah. Like, look, I he is one of, if not my all-time favourite comic character. Like, like just, uh, just... No, every time Mark Hamill is behind him in any show... Oh, yeah. I can't help but love him. Oh, of course. Because Mark Hamill just brings something to the Joker that no one else does. Exactly. And I, I watch... There's someone else who voices him, the guy who voices Ben 10 in one of the series. I can't remember his name. But um, he voices him, and I'm like, oh... No, it's, it's got to be Hamill. He tries to do Hamill. He doesn't do it well. And I'm like, oh, but, I'm sorry. But, you don't do well. You know, like, like growing up reading the comics and watching the cartoons and like I, I had all the toys. Yeah. I, I have a toy of Hamill's Joker that I got when I must have been like four or five years old. And I've still got it somewhere. Like it's just for whatever reason, people are drawn to this character. And as such, they will find a way to love this character. And when they love the character like that, they find ways to excuse the behaviours of the character. Agreed. And that's what seems to be creeping up over and over. Except that we're reading that reviewers, critics are having trouble with, with this film in that they can't they can't really love all his behaviours this time and they don't like that. They don't like that they can't love his behaviours here. Everyone But that's a But that's the thing. strongest point about yeah. the film there. Yeah. Everyone goes back, oh Heath Ledger, what a what a wonderful Oh, did you see the pen trick? How cool mm. was the pen trick? Do you know no one talks about how fucking mental that scene was. That is I, I actually have to say, if I have to watch the whole if I had the choice between watching the whole of this film again versus watching just that one pen trick, that pen trick still disturbs me. Yep. Brilliant. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. And I just love how calm and casual it is. Do you know how to make a pen disappear? And it's just like one, <laughs> two, boom. Like there's, that's it. It's a brilliant scene. But that was more creepy to me than any other film. I, I, I think yep. I think as a, as a whole summary 
if I if I had to summarize my thoughts on people's attitudes towards this film, it's again, you can't blame the the, the, the material. You can't blame the material. You blame the audience because the audience yeah. is wrong. Because even if it's if it's a source for getting something out of it, I remember I remember at school having to go through poems and trying to understand poems, and I'd be like. Are you kidding me? You're, you're getting that message out of this poem? I see something like, who gives a shit what I'm, I'm doing? I'm going to write a poem. You get different messages from it. You, you don't know for sure. You can't just assume you're right. Facts are facts. Opinion is opinion. Audience is wrong in this sense. The film is right because it's just a film. Do you know one terrible thing that I read, which I was like, one of the reviews, which I went back and I was like, okay, that's true, but it's for a different reason. So this film is one of the first superhero films since all that Time's Up thing. Yep. To come out with the... Yep. All, at least 70% of the other rest of the cast have to be people of colour. Yep. So it diversifies the film, which they did. If you look at mm-hmm. it, majority yep. of the secondary characters are uh, African-American. Mm-hmm. Yep. So an article came out about how terribly they treat all the African-American cl- cl- uh, characters in this film. And I was just like... I read it and I was like, and then I had to think back to it. I'm like, oh yeah, but they were all African American, other than the main, other than yeah. who I remember his name is Murray. Yep. Uh, De Niro, yep. uh, Joaquin, and the mother who mm. I can't remember her name. I know her name in the no is Penny, but the actress's name Frances Conroy. But all right, Frances Conroy. Yeah, everyone else was. African-American, no, but, but, which I really realised afterwards. But all right, then. Yeah. It just shows that white people are assholes. Yeah, they are. There you go. If you want context, there's a context, bit of context for you. But again, we don't know for sure because we don't know. We don't know that. So we can't write things as facts because it's all opinion-based. You can't blame the source and you have to look at the context. And if you can't do those two things, well... You're not entitled to have an opinion on it. You can't use it. You can't. No, you need to be able to be subjective about it. Yeah, you can't just work something to. Again, it's like the media nowadays. It's like politicians nowadays. It's like you know different movements. It's the cancel it movement or shut it down movement, whatever it's called. You know, it's 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 the unfortunate thing about the PC world we live in, which is no one's using proper material you know, to, 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 to base their argument around. They're just manipulating sources and ideas to fit their story. That's not how it works. You have to look at the context in which it was created or don't use it because mm. you're not giving it the justice or you're not doing that. You're not respecting the piece of material that it is. And that's why people shouldn't be allowed to judge this film like but that. But I, I think both sides of the argument, both the pro-joker and the mm-hmm. anti-joker use the same, same, uh, examples to say they're differing mostly stupid opinions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like because the right wing are using it about this being an incel movie no not really it like i thought and i'm not good i'm not gonna lie i was one of the people who watched the original trailer and was like oh wow this just looks like it's gonna be about a dude who can't get laid um i didn't even think about that the whole time in the movie no no because the the, yeah. the relationship was so background yeah that to the main part, like there was so many plots going on at once. There was is Thomas Wayne his father? He he's getting his medicine cut off. He can't get into that. Uh, his career, his, his money, his career. Then his mum was sick, and then he has to cover up this murder. 
And the romance was just happening in the background. And I kind of thought maybe this isn't really happening. I thought maybe this is fake. And you find out later that it obviously is. But that wasn't the main motivation behind any of his murders. But the right wing who are pro-incel, like the incels themselves, are like, look at what this man did because he got rejected by a woman. No. Mm. No, you're using it for your own means. Yeah, that's not at all what it's The left wing are saying, look at what he did because he got rejected by the women in a gas. Like, a gas? Yeah, absolutely gas by his thing. That's not what he did either. No. It the was, movie was look at this man who's been rejected by the world and by yeah, life. Yeah, not by a woman. Not by, by it has one particular nothing to do thing. with one person. Uh, look, it, it's all just ridiculous. Uh, we're getting close to running out of time. Um, before we very briefly talk about the PlayStation 5, yes. I say very briefly, because we're running out of time. Um, Drew, your scores for the film, please. Oh, bugger. Um, okay, look, on a technical level, it gets an 8. Yeah. Because I think it doesn't strictly do anything new, but what it does... Uh, all the sorts of things that I like. It's all the hallmarks that I like to see in films and I don't see them enough and it made me very happy. I also like the fact that several of the shots in the film actually looked like frames out of a comic. The way the camera was set up, the way it captured those moments. Staircase, I loved the staircase. The staircase, that was the biggest one for me. I I looked at that and I felt like I was looking at a frame of a comic. So yeah, technical level eight, personal enjoyment. I'm giving it an eight and a half. It was really, really good, and I didn't go in really wanting to like it, so I was quite surprised by the time I got out. I was really jittery and excited Mm -hmm. because there was so much to process, and the fact that in that last half hour, both Waikin Phoenix and the movie itself just soars, like, you would have no idea. And it pays off. It makes the first hour and a half absolutely pay off. I think I'm going to give it... A nine and a half technical, only because you reminded me of the staircase, which I think was a brilliant metaphor. Yeah. Like how he's so slowly and tiredly mm-hmm. trying to climb it, and then he freaking dances his way down. Like he's like, I'm going to hell, so I'm going to dance all the way dances down. Dances down to that song that he dances with the devil. <laughs> dances with the devil. Yeah. So he gets to the bottom of that. I, I think, I think I liked mm. all the metaphors. And all the ways that they linked things in there, I think it was quite brilliantly done. Nothing doesn't tie up. There isn't anything that's left loose, except for the very end. Yes. But that's for your imagination. Um, and then personal enjoyment ten. I really, it was one of the few, it was one of the few uh, comic book movies I've left recently where I'm just like, no, nah, that was brilliant. I freaking loved it. Yeah. There wasn't anything I would change. Um, I would give it an. An eight, technically. Um, Metaphor, writing, portrayal, um, the the score and soundtrack, the um, sound design. Again, I love the grittiness of the train scene, the sound of the train, the rawness of the gunshot, the echo in the, um, the station, the fact that, very realistically... He had the ringing in his ears after firing the gun. I love that. Um, that was incredible. Yeah, the, 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 the way different characters interact with each other, mm. and despite the fact that it's a very dirty, raw world, but at the same time there's a lot of clean-cut, suave characters. Again, it's the, these these um, metaphors and these 
um, morals and these links and these combinations and the things that make you think and the things that don't make you think and the things that are real and things that are fake. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the lighting was great. I loved the fact that they gave it that very cold look at all points. Um, yeah, so I'll give it an 8 for that. Again, script writing was fantastic as well. But And Joaquin Phoenix, you can't fault him on the way he played the character. No. Um, personal, I'll give it a 9, uh, if not a 9.5. And, and I'll, go, I'll give it a 9.5. Again, I went into it kind of wincing and, you know, one eye half closed, expecting it to be a massive splat and failure, along with most things that DC tend to do yep. uh, on film. Um, I was so pleasantly surprised um, by the film itself. I was so pleasantly surprised with how I felt at the end of it, where I was kind of mouth-wide, like, shocked, like, oh, my God, because that film was amazing, but also, what the hell does that ending mean? Like, is it all... Fa like, I've not left a DC film... I've not left a comic book film for a long time where I've really thought, wow, like, oh my God, like, <laughs> what does that at mean? The end of the movie yeah. And you just stared at me like, what the hell? Yeah, happened? because it was, because it was, <laughs> it was such a well told story and it was so interesting. And again, the, the way the character twists and turns and gets back up and gets put down and, and I love that metaphor for the stairs, the fact that you see him walking up this long ass staircase then halfway through the film, you see him walking down it. And then it gets to the point, because things are becoming easier. Then it gets to the end where he's just like, fuck it, I'm dancing down here. I'm just living living it up. I'm doing what I want to do. So I thought the film just delivered. And that was such a good And thing. I love how the police chase him down at the end where it's like, mm. yeah, this is his life now. He's no longer struggling to go up the yeah. stairs. He's running down them. It I was so good. Yeah. I, I can't fault much with that film. I think it was one of the most enjoyable films I've seen for the year. I can see year. it being studied in years to come. I hope so. Yeah. And, and I, I hope for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. Yeah. I hope that the, the fact that it's become kind of polarizing to the world means that's what it gets studied for. For The, the, the fact that it is so polarizing and mm. how wrong people are and how they're viewing it, how misguided we are in viewing it, how we are. Um, and also because it's just such an interesting film with interesting twists and turns. It really and, is. And, um, you know, mini stories, there are subplots and stuff and, and overarching stories, I think, but there are... Oh, God, when so it gets the guy who he shoots in the house, that whole scene is hilarious. That was amazing. That that scene was brilliant. But you, it's something terrible that happens and you laugh yeah. at it. That's yeah. why it's brilliant. Well, Which is what the whole movie should steps. be. Oh, that, that's right. But that whole movie should be that the whole thing. Yeah. You killed a guy and you can't help but laugh at it because it's just so absurd. Yeah. And there's there's the, the view of, you know, the world in the room just being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and terrified as well. Mm. But no, it's nothing to do with you. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Nothing. You're fine. You can go. Yeah. I like you. That was the Joker. <laughs> I do recommend that you see it. Even, yeah. even if you haven't and we've just given away the entirety of the story, go and see it it's because it is so good. Like Worth it in the cinema. Yeah, absolutely it is worth it in the cinema. You get the real um, harshness of the sound and everything, which is mm. so important. Uh, moving on. PS5. PS5. 
Drew, thoughts? Excited? Not excited? Can't wait. I'm realizing I'm going to have to buy another PlayStation. <laughs> now it says... It's not easy to save up. Now it says holidays... It says holidays 2020. I'm assuming they mean Christmas holidays 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the end of um, next year. We've got, yeah. we've got a year's it tends, warning. It tends but... to come out... No, PlayStation 4 came out in November. PlayStation 3 came out in what? February, I think. They it come was, out like it was the early. Star Wars movies in November. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you say that, but I have a Darth Vader PS4. <laughs> so do I. Yes! <laughs> okay, anyway. The PS5, um, biggest changes are obviously increased um, computing power, which means improved graphics. Uh, 4K, 4K Blu-ray yep. for the games. Uh, we're but does at that mean the... that we still got discs, so they're not going to just computer... Because I just did not want them to make everything... No, I, no, 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 no. They're, no. they're staying on discs, and they've openly acknowledged the fact that it needs discs. Like I prefer the idea of discs. Having the discs it. makes it work better. I don't like... Because Xbox is moving to discless, isn't it? I don't know. They've talked about bringing a version of Xbox out that will not have discs. Yeah, see, I don't like that idea. I see. I have no problem with it with movies. I think I've come to terms with it with movies and songs. I don't need the, the hardcover. Um, yeah, Drew hasn't. No. I have, I have. I'm okay with it because I would rather it just being more instantaneous. However, with a game, because it's interactive anyway, I still want that link between the interaction of putting the disc in and playing it. I'm using a control anyway. It's not just um, that. It's that you own it. And if they ever decide to get rid of the PlayStation 5 and get rid of the whole store... Yeah, you're stuffed. You, you're stuffed if yeah. it's online. I, I do love having the physical disc as well. I think the cover arts look fantastic as well. They do. Um, the controller is going to have haptic uh, vibrations, a bit like um, with Apple with their watch and their phones. Yep. Went from being a rumble thing to a haptic thing where there's a little bit more... You know, you can tell the difference between, I think the, the example that, that Sony gave was between driving a car in, or crashing a car into a wall versus running. You know, you can feel the difference in vibrations or an explosion. You know, there's a difference to the vibration there. And in a similar manner, they're readdressing L2 and R2's trigger functionality. Yeah, so the trigger functions which have been used since the PlayStation 3 as, for example, in the car, accelerate and brake or aim and shoot. Yeah. Um, but in very raw versions of that, I think showing a car acceleration and brake is more close to what they're going to be going for here, where they're going to be having, uh, what was A level of resistance to yeah. it. So therefore you can, you they're going to make it so that gamers can, or, or game companies can, or developers I should say, can program it so that if, for example, you're drawing a bow, how far back you push the or pull the trigger? Oh, really? Kind of shows the, you'll feel the resistance. Yeah, yeah. You'll feel the resistance when you're pressing on that. the button. Oh, cool! Yeah. So again, looking at looking at a car, Very cool. looking at a car. There's and the funnily enough, Microsoft had apparently taken out a patent on similar technology for a future Xbox, but haven't actually done it yet. Mm. So PlayStation's going to beat them to the punch. Yeah, but Microsoft, anyway. Yeah, Xbox <laughs> just beat them to the punch all times, but the no, including the Xbox 360. Yeah, Sony did a better job. It's just that Sony went down the wrong way by going for graphics too hard and not the actual system. That was the problem mm. with the PlayStation Three. Um, yeah, so we're going to have something interesting again. I'm using the the um, looking at a car as an example. The throttle, the the clutch, and the brake have all different pressures and do different things. I think the triggers are going to be something along the lines of that. Different pressures for different things, which I think is interesting. Um, the touchpad staying by the looks of it for some reason. I remember when people were talking about it for a long time and what it was going to become. I think if it had similar functionality to Apple's watch, where you can type things on it very easily, there's not really a point 
for it on the the, the control. It's just an extra button. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a weird button too. It's a it's look you know games like Uncharted use it for um, opening up a book to look at a book. Yeah, but it's yeah. yeah. But it's not even but it's not even used. You don't I, even use it to swipe pages like you would a magazine or a yeah, book. Yeah, I, I don't ever use no any point. movement on it. Yeah. I just use the buttons because exactly. usually it's opening maps. Exactly, it's literally yeah. a button. Yeah. It's not. Um, what it was designed Maybe. for, which is meant to be pinch and grab kind of thing, like an Apple, you know, looking at a photo, zooming in and stuff like that. You can't use it for that. No one uses it like that. But it remains. The share button, I think, is going to stay, which I think is pointless because no one actually really uses no it so much. No one shares. I don't ever use that. Um, I think they should bring back start and select, not options and share, because I think those buttons are stupid. I start and select made more sense. Select. Yeah. I would say that, because select is options. You should have an an option of share under the select button. Anyway, um, I think that they should, if I could suggest any other changes to the control, make the analog stick have a little bit more indentation on it. Um, one of my controls is actually having the indentation fall off it, which is a bit strange, uh, a bit annoying. But yeah, a little bit more increased indentation, so that way it feels a little bit nicer to put your thumb on it. Mm. Um, I don't want them but, to make it any bigger. I like the size. Leave the controller the same. I know yeah. people with large hands complain, but when I use like Xbox controllers, which is designed for people okay. with larger hands, it feels like someone's been stung. But it feels like the controller's been stung by a bee. I can't too. reach them. Okay, I so have little hands. I love Xbox controllers, like so much big hands. Yeah. Love Xbox controllers. Have done for years until PS4 controllers came along. Mm. I thought Xbox was much better for controllers, but PS4, PS4 a great compromise. it hits the sweet spot. Because you can hold it in different ways. Yeah, um, but it, it works, but the, the previous ones, they weren't doing it. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's kind I've of all we... I've always had small hands. That I've always needed small controllers. I have small more hands too. I have children's hands. And <laughs> let's be honest, I'm like Donald Trump. Um, yeah, look, I wish I had the money of Donald Trump though. But yeah, the PlayStation 5 is coming out. It's going to be very exciting. The unfortunate thing is that we're in the exact same position as we were when the PlayStation 4 came out, and that was that um, The Last of Us, Gran Turismo, and uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 had all come out just before the end of this console era, Yep, which was a very clever ploy, and I feel very intentional, and I'm seeing it repeat again, and therefore know it was intentional, that we're seeing the the current games that we're seeing probably going to be re-released for the next Oh, yeah, you'll console. get a 4, 4K remaster. Exactly. Oh, which, yeah. Which, look, let's be totally I know, honest it here. It probably will get up to 8K because 8K is becoming a lot more common now. Release 5. I don't even we'll understand why the human eye can't process Yeah, it's, that much. it's just a gimmick. You can't actually do that. But anyway, I think that the issue here is that I'm definitely going to be buying it again, The Last of Us at least, on PlayStation 5. Oh, definitely. Unless it is a complete ploy towards the whole PC world. Having said that, I will still buy it again. Genuinely, if they remaster Last of Us, if they remaster all of the Uncharted games, all of the Naughty Dog games yeah. for PS5, I'll buy I will I you know will they'll waste do my it. money on yeah. that. You know they'll do it. Uh, They're going to do Arkham again. The Batman Arkham. Yeah, oh, They're going to re-release them. Why? Probably. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is now... Uh, we're, we're, we're a long way into some uh, bumper episode. No, that's okay. Yeah, we had a good conversation. Um, that brings us on to our sick end of the week. Of course, if you'd like to be on the show in the future, like Bianca is here, of course, we'll have to do ring-ins while I am uh, living abroad, um, as this is the last episode we're recording together in person for a little while. No. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you perhaps visit me or I visit you. Anyway. Yes, of course. Um, and Drew will remember your name. Yes. Said the woman sitting in the room. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, reach out to us. We'll get you on the show. You're with a very good chance of being our sick Kent of the week if you are on the show for the first time. Drew, who is our sick Kent of the week for this week? Uh, some call him Leaf. Some call him Joaquin. Some call him that dude with the name you can't pronounce. Some call him Clapped Palette. Some call him Joquin. Some call him... Rivers' Joquin. brother. Yeah, Rivers' brother. Him, yeah, Rivers' brother. Some call him... Mr. Phoenix. What's his name on signs? Roy? I don't remember. Swing away? Was it? Uh, someone swing away. I don't anyway. remember. Joaquin Phoenix, you are this week's Secret of the Week for playing such a fantastic, and for, interesting character. And for doing damn near impossible and making the role your own... Basically, especially everyone's having... struggled with it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a good job, and his freaking shoulder creeped me out. And for whatever reason, if that's a natural thing, whatever, that was brilliant. All right, yeah. I have no idea what the hell she's talking about, but anyway, that's our uh, episode for this week. Join us next week for another sick Kent of the week and uh, just another general episode, really. Interesting topics on Kent and the Steering Team, yeah, as always. Yep.